Welcome to Soft Reset, a podcast told from a personal point of view. I am Sage. And I'm Scott. And together, we are the Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twins. We're not actually twins. We're the duo. We're a duo. (laughs) We do stuff together all the time, and it's awesome. Welcome uh, to today. It's, what is today? September 9th? The 9th of September, 2017. Episode number two. Number two. Here we go. Yeah. So, how are things? It's good. Good. Simple. Simple. Yeah. Enjoying your your uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> Playing games and watching movies. Yeah. Cool. Not being productive. Me either. Uh, except for with work. I got work. As do I. Yeah. Work's dumb. Work's boring. That's okay. That's why I have games. Yeah. Thank goodness for games. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what would we do if we didn't have games? I don't know. Watch, read more. watch TV. Yeah. Lame. There's other forms of entertainment. <laughs> but why would you choose anything else? Oh, yeah, I'm game. just kidding. I want to be challenged. Of course I watch other things. <laughs> Play other things. Do other things. What have you been playing lately? Um, so recently, I've been playing some Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, yeah. How is that? I don't have that yet. Um, it's awesome. It's one of those games that on surface, on the surface, you would think, what the freak is this? Like, you'd think kind of that Ubisoft is trying to get a quick cash grab, just trying to get their freaking weird characters. And with Mario, you know, who's easily the most iconic video game character, if you ask me. And uh, it's not that at all. It's the best description I've seen is Ubisoft's love letter to Nintendo. Okay. Um, it. Seriously, like, it marries the two ideas so well. You see the the kookiness of the rabbits and the classic fun of Mario come together. And, like, honestly, it, it tempers the craziness of the rabbits down a bit. And it makes them a lot more of a fun type of character. They're not so in-your-face all the time. Um, but besides that, the gameplay is some of the most fun I've had on the Switch. Like, it's just, it actually takes brains. Oh, good. It's not like all the rest where it's Zelda, where, you know, it's pretty pretty straightforward, or Mario Kart. I mean, who hasn't played that? Um, but this one, you actually have to think your way through. And so I just like having a game on my Switch that makes me think. That's kind of the first original, original game right. on the Switch. Definitely. I mean, you know, all the other games, exactly, they've... They've been on other systems. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, for all intents and purposes, is a Wii U game and that kind of thing, and Mario Kart 8 and all that. So this is kind of the first original. Right. And I think it's really funny that this is the first Mario game to come out on the Switch. That's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even gotten Odyssey yet. We get Mario plus Rabbids first. It's just a weird combination. I remember when it was leaked. Yeah. Was that back in June or whatever? It was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was going to be awful. I'm so glad it wasn't because this is quickly becoming one of my my favorites on the Nintendo Switch. Well, their E3 showing of the game was really strong and it looked unique and right and and showing Miyamoto on stage with the other guy. I don't know who he was. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Eves Gent or something like that. Whoever the head of Ubisoft is. Right, but having him endorse this. It says a lot about the game. Well, then they say, like, make don't make a Mario game. Make something different. Right. Uh, we wanna g- if you're going to make this game, we want you to make something we've never seen before. No jumping. Yeah, no jumping. <laughs> <laughs> that looks cool. I totally recommend this game. 
If you have a Nintendo Switch and you want uh, a good turn-based strategy game, pick this one up. Is it your favorite Switch game so far? Probably not. I really like Breath of the Wild. Strategy itch. Right. Thing. Right. If you like Fire Emblem, if you like, I don't know, games along those lines, strategies and everything are completely different. You've played more Fire Emblem than I have at this point, so yeah. that's why I ask. Yeah, they're they're similar in the fact that they're turn-based strategy games, but other than that, that's kind of where the similarities end. Okay. Yeah, this is all long-ranged combat with some close range, and I feel like it's the exact opposite with Fire Emblem. And does the rabid Mario humor work like together? Yeah, it, it, they work very well together. It honestly surprised me how much fun it is to see rabid Peach taking selfies along with Mario trying to save the day. Which is good, because like, the rabid games, some of them are really dumb. Right. <laughs> so to actually have a good rabid game is nice. Yep, definitely. It all came from Rayman. There we go. <laughs> that game's coming out on the Switch soon. That's not the only good crossover. There's a couple of different crossovers that we've done before, like Pokemon Conquest. You remember that? I do. I actually just picked that one up a few months ago for the first time. 2011, I think. Yeah, it's an older... It's a DS game, so... That was in the crossover with Pokemon and uh, Nubunaga's Ambition, or however you say his name. Yeah, Nobunga. Nobunga. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a really good strategy game. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk about F Fire Emblem-esque... That is a lot more along the lines of Fire Emblem than than Rabbids, Mario and Rabbids, and that's that, I mean, I love Pokemon Conquest. It's it's an incredibly deep game. Mm -hmm. The the main campaign is like twelve, thirteen hours, but there's like I had a friend who hundred percent. It took him like three hundred hours. It's a oh long game. There's like I can't remember how many campaigns there are, but each different warlord has a different campaign after you beat the game and all this crazy stuff. Man, but like. And I like how like they paired the warlords, you know, the red warlord with the big mustache. His character is Groudon, like they keep right. with that. Or Nobunaga yeah. has the black rayquaza, and like they kind of match colors and personality kind of stuff. It looks really cool. Yeah, I I think they did an awesome job, and uh, the system there, you know, you get to catch your Pokemon and then use them on your team. That That's isn't right. your traditional Pokemon, and isn't something like Mystery Dungeon. It was it was a very well done crossover, if you ask me. It came out of nowhere at the time. Yeah. It still is kind of out of nowhere. It's a weird combo. Yep. Yeah, just like Mario and Rabbids. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Just don't don't knock it, but, I mean, there's a lot of crossovers that shouldn't work, but they do. Right. I mean, think of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, man. <laughs> would you have ever thought that you would have seen Japanimation mixed with your Disney? No. <laughs> and... As we know, that's your favorite game. It is. That's one of my top five favorite game series ever. It just works. Like having Leon or Cloud. and I mean, you're a Disney character fighting Sephiroth. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would have thought that you'd seen Donald and Goofy fighting... Leon, Yuffie, yeah. Cloud, whatever. These crazy Organization 13 members, these very serious-looking guys, and you got... Donald and Goofy. Like, hey there. Hanging out with you. you, you beating got, them up. You got your Japanime kind of like serious stuff. And then you got, there's Mickey Mouse. Mickey <laughs> Mouse is like a wizard. Okay. And it works <laughs> so perfectly. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And, you know, if we're talking about Kingdom Hearts, my favorite thing was that, you know, a lot it drew a lot of people because of the Disney aspect. Mm -hmm. But it, I stayed because of the original story. Right. Disney's more the backdrop, you know, going through the Mulan level or the Pirates of the Caribbean level is 
the task, but it's different enough that it works. Right. It doesn't feel weird to have Goofy and Jack Sparrow on the same ship or whatever. It kind of does. <laughs> I would. I'd say it's less weird to have Donald Duck hanging out with Belle and the Beast. Oh, that's a better example. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that Pirates of the Caribbean level is pretty weird. It's weird, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Man, Kingdom Hearts 3 Kingdom next Hearts year. 3. My guess is fall 2018. Let's hope. <laughs> i got to put a date. We'll go November 4th. Okay, I'm holding you to that. Kay. November 4th, 2018. I don't even know what day of the week that is, but we'll go with that for now. <laughs> okay, we'll give you a five-day uh, five allowance. Day extension, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before or after. Before, okay. Yeah, so Halloween to the 9th of November. That would be great if it came on Halloween. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> uh, cool. So another crossover that I really liked uh, was Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. I didn't play that one. Um, when I was playing the Nintendo DS, I picked up both of those game series and kind of just fell in love with them. Um, Phoenix Wright is one of my all-time favorite games, and I just thought that uh, the unique puzzle-solving and problem solving of Professor Layton um, was fun as well. And so I remember seeing an anime cutscene of those two games coming together. Uh, that was years ago. 2014? 2013? I, I think it was even a couple of years before it came out that we, we heard about the game. Because I think it came out in Japan before the U.S. For It probably did. But I remember looking at that and thinking, oh my gosh, can you get to games that are better i mean you know i never would have thought they would have crossed over but then they did and the court cases and the investigation side from phoenix Wright mixed perfectly with the puzzle solving of professor layton and the story that they came up with is actually unique and worked for both sides of the of the crossover my only complaint about that one is they they created too much of a uh, of an original cast for that game and oh. there were so many unique characters from both of the series that they could have used um that they just kind of went without and if you and you know they had uh luke and professor layton along with phoenix and maya um but that kind of is the extent of it i wish they could have brought something over someone over like miles edgeworth or detective gumshoe uh along with them um, just kind of su- supplement the story more and bring the crossover more to light. But all in all, I'd recommend that game every day. I still need to go back and play Press Relating and the Phoenix Wright games. That's yeah. A, that's a big gap in my gaming library. Apollo Justice uh, either just came out or is about to come out for the Nintendo 3DS. Are they remastering that? Mm-hmm. So just like with the um, the first three when they made that that trilogy all in one they're doing the same thing oh that's cool Apollo Justice and that game is probably my favorite of the six nice Phoenix Wright games so yeah it's a good one that's cool that's cool where the crossovers are they Marvel vs. Capcom we played that one a little bit we did not a whole lot it's fun though like I like the aesthetic of that game with kind of the cartoony comic book graphics but then you've got Mega Man or Ryu and you know, Ryu versus Deadpool. That's cool. That's right. funny. So. <laughs> yeah. Mega Man versus Spider-Man. Well, that one, you actually have the three versus three, right? You have the yeah. three on your team. Yeah, you can kind of bounce back and forth. So you can have Jupiter Man and... Phoenix Wright. Exactly. Yeah, Phoenix Wright. <laughs> yeah. I remember really liking that game. Remember when we went on that huge fighting game kick and we just played all of them? That was fun. That's maybe my favorite one. 
That was really good. Soul Calibur is really good too, though. Yeah. And that has some crossover stuff. Like the second one had Link and Spawn and the Tekken guy on the PS2 version. Yeah, I don't know his name. <laughs> man we call ourselves gamers i don't know oh well <laughs> oh well but that was cool because you know you had a fighting game with link in it and on the right. gamecube that was big and right isn't that also the one that had uh yoda and vader so that's so caliber four four okay yeah and yoda was exclusive to the 360 version where vader was on the ps3 version I, mean, I think you could download them on the other respective consoles oh really okay yeah i i think that's just crazy that you could yeah. get link and those guys. And like I think Soul Calibur Five had one of the Assassin Creed guys too. Really? Like they they just throw in a guest character. That's, like, that's cool. Yeah, that's unique. I've never I mean, I don't know of any other games that do something like that. I mean, you know, you'll see stuff like silly little costumes and whatever all the time, but actually having some content that makes a difference in the game. That's not something you see very often. Well fighting games are really friendly, I think, to those guest characters, you know, like Mortal Kombat does that with certain stuff. And, like, Injustice 2 just announced that Hellboy will be a downloadable character. No way. Yeah. In Injustice? Uh-huh. No way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So like, that's a cool crossover. Yeah. Who's Hellboy owned by? I think Warner Brothers. Huh. I think. I fact like, in, the, that. in that case, that would make sense. Right. They just picked one out of their library. But it makes sense because he's a comic character in yeah, this comic a, fighting game. Yeah, he's a game. superhero kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's cool. That is way cool. Man, you just made my day. Oh, cool. <laughs> I've only seen the first Hellboy movie. I really like the first Hellboy movie. I haven't seen the second one. I, would, I thought it was pretty cheesy. You like that? Okay. Well, I mean, I just barely saw it within the past year. Okay, well. I didn't, like, see it when it was in theaters. Well, or when anything. it came out, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty cheesy. But I liked him. I thought he was a cool character. You know what crossover I think doesn't work? PS All-Stars. Oh, boy. You want to talk about a fighting game? <laughs> PlayStation Battle... Or PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Oh, my god! That game could have been so good, and it just missed the mark. Yeah. We played that one probably longer than the others, I think, just because we wanted to play every single character and get right. all of their specials. Like, it has a fantastic roster with all the PlayStation characters like yeah. Jack and Sly Kratos. and Kratos and... Uh, Dante. Sackboy and... Yeah. It's got a really cool and weird roster. Yeah, and the and the stages sound like they should be cool, but that was one of the worst things in my opinion. That was where you had like the pad up on stage, and then it rips open. It's a God of War stage, and it's like, okay, I gotta, what the heck? I got to change how I'm playing now. Now I've got fire and brimstone and all this stuff. Yeah, and all the stages did that. It's not they like all switched. In, it's not like in Smash Brothers where you have you know this one's always going to rotate or whatever, but every single stage in that game switched halfway through. Mm-hmm. And that I did not like. And I think what kills it the most, it's trying to be Smash Bros., of course. Right. And it had that three-tier thing. You remember that? Where if you fight, you have to level up to a third oh, tier. Yeah. And once you have the third tier, you can do your finishing move. Right. But it doesn't really work. Right. It just it, it falls flat. It doesn't work. You, you're kind of always a little bit behind to where you should be in a fighting game. Right. And like Smash Bros. can be crazy and zany and all over the place. And this one wants to be that, but it just doesn't work. Had they made it more like a Street Fighter or a Tekken game where it's right, like a traditional, 2D, or even done like Marvel versus Capcom, you said three back right, and forth, uh-huh. and you just alternate or whatever. That would have been really cool. But it, yeah. it tries to be a Smash Bros. clone. It's not a good one. See, and I also feel like you know at the same time they're trying to copy Smash Brothers, but they're also trying to not copy Smash Brothers. And it's either go all in or not. Yeah, pick one. Yeah. And the fighting game realm is not really a unique aspect anymore. Right. I mean, there's a reason Smash Brothers work 
works along with Street Fighter. They know what they are. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that PlayStation All-Stars didn't didn't work. That's why Smash Bros. is like one of the best crossovers. Yeah. I mean, like, even reusing Smash Bros. 4, and he's got his whole Street Fighter thing with how long you press the button. Right. And that works. It's cool. And, you know, what are the games? You have Pac-Man, Bayonetta, and Duck Hunt. <laughs> along with your Mario, Link, Cloud, and Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, if we're going to talk about crossovers and fighting games especially, that that's my favorite one. Smash 4. Please bring it to the Switch. Include my include those ice climbers. I wouldn't mind cool. some ice climbers. And maybe what we'll get is we'll get a port to the Switch, but it's a PlayStation All Star Smash Bros. crossover. There you go. Oh man, so we're crossing over crossovers Cross now. Over crossover and crossception. <laughs> man, that that would just blow my mind. I just uh, would you have Smash Bros. on PlayStation? Would you have Smash Brothers on PlayStation? You know what? Why not? In this scenario, sure. <laughs> you know, let's do it. <laughs> but yeah. I uh, I could just play Smash Brothers for the rest of my life. If I never played another video game except for that one, I think I'd be happy. It's a good game. Yep. It's a really good game. I love it. Have you ever played uh, Hyrule Warriors? I played a little bit of it. Yeah. I used to have it on the Wii U before I got rid of it. Gotcha. Yeah, if you're going to get it again, get it the 3DS version. Yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as crossovers go, I yeah. think that one's awesome. The Musou Warrior games with a Zelda aesthetic, it works. Right. Well, then Fire Emblem Warriors comes out later this month or next month. October, October 6th, I think it is, or 9th. And that'll be cool because that's, you know, it's a sword-based game. They're all warriors. Right. So it'll be really cool, I yeah. think. Yeah, and they got a lot of good different types of characters, not just sword fighters. They got bow and magic and all sorts of stuff with these guys. That's what I was impressed with. Hyrule Warriors had, like, the Wind Waker King and yeah. Tingle and the Majora Mask Kid and all that kind of yeah. stuff. and. They got a very wide variety of, of characters from all the Zelda games. That's what I think is great. Uh, but if you're going to ask me about the roster of Fire Emblem Warriors, I'm kind of disappointed. Oh. Um, because essentially what they're doing is just Awakening and then the Conquest games oh. and Marth. No Ike, no Roy. No Ike, no Roy. Uh, none, of, none of, you know, like Almond Celica from the remade new games, whatever you call them. They're not doing any of those. Then like Tiki and Krom are in it or something like that. Not Tiki. Not Tiki. Tiki's getting an amiibo though. Yeah, I don't know why. What does that even do? Then? I have no idea. Oh, okay. But yeah, but like Krom, Lucina, Robin, um, all the people from the Awakening, and then uh, Con- uh, Fire Emblem Fates Conquest and Birthright, they're getting all their characters over. Um, but that's really it. And then Marth. I mean, I don't like that, but I can see why with. Well, with how popular they are. Yeah. People haven't revisited the older game. Right. And so I'm kind of hoping that they did with the... They're going to do with this game what they did with Hyrule Warriors and have, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons of DLC characters after the fact because there are some really great characters that they'd be missing out on. And I'm not even talking main characters. There's a lot of side characters that they could really just make bank on. That'd be cool. How about Disney Infinity? Oh, Disney Infinity, how I miss you. <laughs> yeah, I miss you in that garbage pile you're now in. <laughs> Toys to Life. Yeah, you know, it was a good idea at the time. And Disney Infinity, I think, is just inherently flawed. Like, it always was one step away from being where it should be. But they never got there. Never got there. Gotcha. And, like, it's a good game, but, like, the tr- you know, the idea of having all the 
uh, Marvel and Star Wars and Disney characters together is really cool and like the main hub that works. Right. But once I go into the Star Wars level, I can't have Mickey Mouse or Jack Sparrow. I have to use a Star Wars character. Yeah. And I even have to use a Star Wars character from that era. Like I can't have Rey and Phantom Menace. I have to have Anakin. Yeah. And Obi Wan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like ha- had they f- were able to actually go full crossover, like I can play through this as Venom. The entire game is yeah. Venom. Yeah. That would be awesome. Or I'm going to fight General Grievous as Stitch. Great. Why not? Yeah, they should have done that. It's a toy box game. Let me play with them like toys. There are no yeah. rules. That's what, there were too many rules in the game for it to work. Yeah, they, too restricting. And honestly, I think they almost had too many figurines and too many characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the best parts of games like Infinity or Pokemon or... You know, like Monster Hunter stories that just came out is the collecting. Like, you know, there's collecting games. Mm-hmm. And if you make the collection a real-life thing based on money, it kind of puts a damper on the game. I mean, what if there's a really popular character or an unpopular character that you just can't really find? Yep, that's, I mean, I have every Infinity character, and it's a pain. Like, there's some I don't want. Like, I don't use the Cars 2 characters. I don't care right. about that. And that's the problem Disney ended up having is they produce too many characters. Like, they produce way too many Hulk characters. That's part of the reason the game went downhill. Because they have, like, half a million ass storage units somewhere they couldn't wow. sell or something crazy like that. But it just it started to not work. Where instead of making a licensed game, they were just going to put out a playset for Disney Infinity. That's why there's a Lone Ranger playset. That game tanked, or that movie tanked. Good dinosaur. No, that's right. Good. It's a trigger yeah, of him, the, too. Yeah. And then, like, the power disc. Like, there was a Tomorrowland disc. Yeah. It's like, okay. They they just... It could it could have been nice if you were able to unlock those in-game. But the fact that you had to actually go out and find these things in order to use them in the game didn't make it worth it. Well, they put too much focus on the movies that were coming out. Like, give me an Alice in Wonderland character, but give me an Alice animation figure. Don't give me the new one right or you know we never got a goofy figure we never got ever or peter pan or wow snow white cinderella none of the princesses we had like anna and elsa like i get it frozen's popular but where's my snow white figure where's all these ariel where's bell where's yeah. all these characters that people actually care for rather than just using it as a marketing tool yeah we got Aladdin and jasmine we didn't get simba you know yeah weird choice that is figures. weird it's a really weird roster Huh, I had no idea. I, I wasn't that into it, so... Then, like, you know, Spider-Man, they had, you know, Green Goblin, Venom, and Spider-Man, but then you had Iron Fist and Nova. And you had Black Spider-Man. And Black Spider-Man, that's right. And he was exclusive to the Vita version for a while. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I'm i there with you. I think that they, they didn't really think it through. They just kind of used it as a tool to sell their It missed the mark, movies. unfortunately. It's a good game, and I think it'll go down as you know disney's last little foray into the big gaming world but yeah ultimately a flawed crossover yeah but them failing at this makes me hopeful for disney video games in the future meaning marvel and star wars as well i think that you know as long as they're licensing out to i hate to say it but real video game developers we're gonna see some really cool things like back in the day when you had like your aladdin and your uh your ducktales Lion King, things that people remember and loved, you're kind of going to get that again, hopefully. And and it's interesting because they swung back into the publishing thing, like the studio that made Infinity made the Cars 3 game that came out a month or two ago. So, like, they're back into the game foray, but it's back to the license title. So we'll see whatever comes out. There wasn't a Pirates of the Caribbean game or, you know, 
we'll see what they come. I don't even know what the Disney movie is this year, but if there's a game that comes out with that, then we'll right. kind of have to gauge where Disney is in terms yeah. of publishing. I mean, but the fact that they uh, that Square Enix is making that Avengers game. That's right, yeah. That's a good sign, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what's the Spider-Man developer for Sony called? Insomniac. Insomniac, that's right. Yeah. So, I'm excited for those those games in the future. You know, and since we uh, started on a on a Mario game, I want to end on a Mario game. Okay. Mario and Sonic. At the Olympic Games. The Olympic <laughs> Games. Those are such weird games. Like, the first one was kind of a good idea, I think. Mm-hmm. The Beijing one is a good... And for all intents, it's a good game. Yeah, I mean, it came out at the height of the Wii. It came out when people really wanted that system, and, uh, you know, motion controls weren't uncool back then. Wii Sports was big, so here's another... Sports game with characters. That you know, and it's the Olympics. The Olympics are big. Yeah, and so... And it was fun seeing Mario and Sonic together... Even though it was kind of a cheesy way, but they were in a game together, competing. Which is cool because that rivalry forever from Sega and Nintendo. You know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Well, here's the race, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, uh, what I think went wrong is the fact that they felt that they had to make a new one every, every Olympics. Olympics. That started to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I played any past maybe the second one. Yeah, the Vancouver one was different because it was winter sports, so that worked. Right. But then once you got to the London Games in 2012, it was just a kind of a rehash of the 2008 one with more games. I think, like, there was the equestrian horse Right, uh-huh. Like, they added some stuff for London. That's cool. Also, the only Wii game to come in a yellow case. Oh, no way. I need to get it now. <laughs> and then 2014 version for Sochi, that was the first uh, Wii U one. Oh, right. And that was actually part of the Sonic deal that Nintendo did with Sega where they had three exclusive Sonic games to the Wii U Oh, with a Lost World or Lost, whatever it was called. Yeah, uh-huh. Sonic Boom and Mario and Sonic Olympic Games. Nice. And then the 2016 version, which is annoyingly hard to find because they didn't print a many, many because the Wii U was dying at that point. Yeah. So, they just didn't innovate. They just kind of repackaged the same game. Like it's it's a cool game, a cool idea, but it got stale after a while. But also, how many people are are into playing games where you just have a amalgamation of sports? Right, it's not really an end goal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I don't know. And I don't think there was an Olympic game made after that. I think you know they used to be like normal generic sports games released around the Olympics. I don't think I think Beijing was the last one. Well, we haven't had a. Olympics since 2016, so... Well, I know, but I mean, like, once so- Mario and Sonic became the Olympic franchise... Oh, it gotcha. There wasn't just an Olympic game. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know that. I've not, I didn't know they even made Olympics games, so... Oh, yeah. So, we'll see with 2020 what we get. Yeah. Or I guess 2018 will be the next Olympics. Right. Yeah. Cool. I can't think of any of the crossovers. That's all I've got for now. Man. We, should make, we should make our own crossover. That'd be fun. What would be your dream crossover? Sorry to spring this on. Well, that's a good question. Star Wars and... You can do a Marvel versus Casper, but Marvel versus Star Wars in a Disney realm. That'd be oh my cool. gosh, that'd be way cool. So I remember uh, April Fool's, I don't know, six, eight, ten years ago, I have no idea, um, where they uh, 
I think it was Game Informer or something along those lines had Mushroom Kingdom Hearts. Oh, Mushroom. There you go. And they had uh, Mario holding a Keyblade, and he had a vest on. He, yeah. I think that'd be a fun idea. I mean, there's tons of Mario characters. That could easily work. Um, but if I was to, to, to have my perfect crossover, I would choose Jack and Daxter in a rail shooter, but they're catching Pokemon. You're chucking Pokeballs. Like a Pokemon Snap, Jack and Daxter game? Yeah, but you're catching Pokemon instead of... Instead taking pictures. Yeah. That would work. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll get back to you next week. Because crossovers are a thing of... They work because they shouldn't, I think. Yeah. Despite all odds, they come out on top. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the ones that we get. At least the good ones. Yeah. If I never played PlayStation All-Stars again, I'd be okay. Or PlayStation Heroes. No. Oh, freak. The move game. Ooh. Yeah, that was that, that was game. awesome, Jack and Ratchet and Sly. <laughs> so when they work they're good, and when they don't, they just fall into obscurity. Yep. As well they should. Just like every other bad video <laughs> game. Goodbye. I'm looking at you, Mighty Number Nine. Uh Mighty Number Nine. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if Beck pops up in any crossovers eventually, like the the way the indies do their little crossover guest characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Blaster Master Zero, you had Gunvolt and Shantae and Shovel Knight. So. Yeah. so maybe Beck will pop up. Maybe he'll get a second chance. I doubt it, but maybe. But maybe. Weird indie <laughs> games. They do their own thing. You do you, man. <laughs> yeah. So what's, 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 what's coming up? What's coming up? What's coming up? What's coming up? What's on the roster? <laughs> so I... I don't know about you, but I'm excited for uh, Metroid, the new Metroid, whatever it's called, yeah. Samus Returns. Metroid Samus Returns for the Nintendo 3DS. I'm oh, so excited. I for 14th, 15th, 15th. That's a Friday. Yeah. I am so excited for that game. It'll be good. Revisit Metroid again. I mean, it's been 2D Metroid. Was the last one Zero Mission? Uh, no, the last one was Other M. Well, that, that wasn't 2D though. Uh huh. It was. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. The 3D ones are all the prime ones. That's true. Okay. I mean, if you were gonna say the last pr- uh, last Metroid game was Federation Force. Oh yeah. Years ago. Federation. Yeah, let's forget that. No, one. but this one is the is coming back to actual Metroid, mm-hmm. and it looks so great. I wish that I could have played it yet because, like, I keep watching you know reviews on YouTube and gameplay videos, and you know for. All intents and purposes, this is a remake of Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. I've played that for one. For the Game Boy. But other than the fact that you're collecting four or defeating 40 Metroids, it's really not the same game. I didn't finish the Game Boy one. It was hard. It's hard. Those old ones are rough. Um, but some really cool new mechanics like um, the reaction punch. <laughs> I don't know what reaction the, punch. Yeah, I mean she has close quarters like melee combat. Oh, that's cool. And which is something that I think Metroid has needed because if something's in your face, how are you going to shoot it? Just punch it to death. Exactly. Uh yeah, I'm really excited for that one. I've heard it's massive. Like the labyrinths are really long and really wide that kind of Yeah, stuff. I've heard that it's the longest Metroid game yet. Or 2D Metroid game. Yeah. Which that's is cool cuz the 3DS needed a Metroid game. It's cool that it's getting, you know, a, a good game kind of toward the end of its life cycle yep. and that kind of thing. Gearing up for Metroid Prime 4. Yep. 
And ideally, it sells well. Mm-hmm. I think it will. I think so too. Just my my biggest hesitation with saying that it will is the fact that it is on the Nintendo 3DS uh, instead of the Switch. Yeah, but I think there's enough people who have a 3DS. Like the the base for 3DS is bigger than the Switch. Especially, Definitely. You know, Switches are getting more common to find now than they were. Right. And it's the, finally saturating. And I mean, if they put it on the Switch now, that'd be fine. But I think they want to get Mario out first. So to kind of put Metroid on the last little leg of the 3DS, I think makes sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think something like this game will work better handheld than it will console anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, I've been hearing how sales on the 3DS are declining and how, like, indie sales especially have not been doing well. But indie sales on the Nintendo Switch are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They, they're rising. They're doing... I mean, that's why we're getting, you know, Super Meat Boy and shovel knight expansions and all this stuff that you know these are all last gen games mutant muds whatever and we're getting them on the switch again because that's kind of where most people who are going to play games like that are moving to well it's the indie box kind of like the vita was back right. in the vita launch so and so you know I, I i want metroid to sell really well i think if you if you want metroid you probably already own a 3ds good point you're probably a nintendo guy or yeah. girl yes and you're just going for it that's yeah. right because it's a niche franchise it's a big niche franchise i guess yeah. is the way to put it you're not gonna have people that have played metroid like they have zelda or mario right and i'm sure this will be some people's first metroid but chances are the majority of buyers are going to be metroid, metroid veterans fans. yeah mm-hmm. i hope so i hope it sells well and so then nintendo will be like yeah this is worth making more of i mean everyone loves samus yeah the bounty hunter and all that kind she's of stuff. awesome so That'll be fun. That's next week. And the Amiibo are cool. Yeah. Oh, squishy Metroid. Those are going to be fun. Yeah. You know, owning all the Amiibo, I don't feel like it's a super controversial thing to have a special mode, the fusion mode, locked to an Amiibo. I forgot about that. But I can see why people would be mad about that. No, I I don't agree with it, but I see what Nintendo did with it. And it's kind of an optional piece of content with it. Yeah. In an optional figure thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to get them anyway. So. That'll be a big game. And then the week after that is Pokken. Pokken and Gold and Silver. That's right. On the same day. Pokemon Overload. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I am more excited for the re-release of Gold and Silver than I am Pokken. But that's also a re-release. It is, yeah. It's an enhanced re-release. I guess they both are. But. I'm excited for Pokken just to get the new characters and Darkrai and Polyon, yeah. Scizor, the works, whatever. Decidueye looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's like that helps with the arcade. That's what the arcade version of Japan right. had. Now we have it over here, and that'll help with competitive play for people Definitely. who are really into that. And the Switch having local wireless, way better. I think it'll just work. It's a more refined game because the Wii U version is a good game. Yes, it but is. It's just off a little bit. Like it doesn't feel it, like it's being underpowered on Definitely. the Wii U. So maybe the Switch more power will actually make the game feel correct. And along with that, I am excited that they're going to have a split screen option. Um, I know about that. For player versus player. Uh, because before, when you were on the Wii U, you had to have one person looking at the gamepad and the other person looking at the TV. And that was kind of weird. It is a little weird. I mean, so having split screen on your Nintendo Switch. Perfect. I'm excited for that one. It'll be another, I mean, it's another Switch game, which is good right now. Yeah, well, it's another Wii U game on the Switch. <laughs> right, another port. <laughs> but I guess it's good to get those out of the way now. Definitely. And then Especially... Because there is selling power in Pokemon. There's selling power in Zelda. 
in Mario Kart. So might as well get this, get people, get the uh, system installed in people's houses so that when better games like Fire Emblem next year or Mario Odyssey, you know, in a couple months, that that those really good games, people are going to be available to purchase them. Right, enough, enough hunting for the system and it's already there. You just buy the game and you're good to go. Yep. It, it's smart. It'll I think work. so. Yeah. And Gold and Silver on the 3DS eShop. I love those games. Those uh, Generation 2 is my favorite generation. Um, if nothing else, Pokemon like Cyndaquil, Totodile, Houndour, freaking Togepi. <laughs> it does what I mean the, the first game is with red blue and yellow they do so much good of having such a minimal story yeah and like you're just this kid fighting a big mob boss which is that's a cool idea and then finding the bird like it's a more exploration game and this expands on that yeah it gives team rocket an actual motive there's more of a plot but it's more kind of like you're retracing the steps of red and blue especially when you go back to Kanto and yeah. all that but like the region, you see how Kanto has evolved in the last three years. And that's such a cool thing, and just the regions feel really alive. You know, they're on a Game Boy Color. And yeah, like, it, it really works. Definitely, and you know, just I love how much it added on the the, the first game, because one of my favorite things when I look at bi- back at video games and things like comic books or TV shows or whatever is I like to look back at the originals and think that's the reason that these things are great. You know, and I love seeing how something like Gold and Silver made it better. I mean, you could argue that with every generation, but I think that the biggest changes came in Gold and Silver, and they made that series what it is. Well, that's why Heart Gold and Silver are so good because it takes everything that's great about two, and then reforms it with everything that was good about the fourth gen. Yeah, and everything they learned from third gen, and it and that game really works. Yep. And when you're playing the fourth gen or the second gen version, it's just a good game. Like the region's good, the Pokemon are good. It's, just, it's a fun game. It is, and you know, just the sense of exploration and excitement and collecting and just that's what it's all about. But well, then you had more lore too, with like Ho Oh and Lugia right. and the legendary dogs, or rather than or just finding Mewtwo or finding the birds. These characters, these Pokemon, actually have backstories and reasons for existing. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool, because they're essentially the boss characters, more or less. Yeah. Where like Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres are secret bosses, kind of in Red, Blue, and Yellow. Whereas you know Entei, Suicune, and Raikou are more. These are the legendaries. There's a story behind it. The yeah. tower burned down. All this kind of stuff. Definitely. And there's that shrine for Celebi. I wonder. And, if and my and Silver, the rival. That's my favorite rival. Oh yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Giovanni's son. Giovanni's kid. I love that revelation. <laughs> Fire leaf green. Oh, he's his son. What? Whoa. And then the confirmation in Diamond and Pearl. No, Hargold and Soul Silver. Hargold and Silver. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get the Celebi event for Gold and Silver on the Virtual Console. Hell, because we never got it. We never got it in the states. No. That would be so cool. Especially because you can migrate to Sun and Moon. Yep. I hope so. That'd be nice. But who knows? I mean, there's a way to glitch it, but knowing them, it'll be the same way with the Mew glitch on the you virtual console version. To. You can't transfer it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited to play those again. Because for most people, I mean, like my gold and silver cartridges, their batteries ran out. So even if right. I were to pop them into my Game Boy, I can't save. And you can ROM them, or like I have a Retron, I can put it in and play it on my TV, but I don't want to play Pokemon on TV. I want to play no. it on my handheld. So. Yep buying that again will make sense yep. and the battery on my 3ds can't run out so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good i uh, can recharge that <laughs> yeah i'm excited what have you been playing recently 
So I'm in that part where you finish a game and then you try to play a bunch of different other things, trying to find what you want to play. That's exactly where I am. It's annoying. Yeah. But it's fine. You just I want something to stick. Like, I finished Kingdom Hearts 2, and I love that game. And then I did this on Final Mixers, the secret bosses of the Organization 13, their uh, data replica. And they're super hard. And I got to the point where I just have a couple left. And, like, Xemnas, the main leader, he... He has two phases in his fight, and that second fight is just so hard. I mean, it's kind of gimmicky with all sure. the all the reaction commands you're doing, and it switches you to Riku and all this stuff, and it's a pain. But I finally did, and I beat it, and I got that trophy popped on the. Heck yeah! So like, okay, and there's another secret boss, but I'm done for that with now. <laughs> so I went to Birth by Sleep, the ki- the Kingdom Hearts prequel right. thing. That's probably my favorite Kingdom Hearts game. I like it. My only complaint so far, because I'm playing as Terra, and yeah. he's like super strong. But going from Sora and two to Terra, Sora is so fast. Terra is so slow. So slow. It's kind of weird. But I made the mistake, or maybe the good choice. I don't know. I'm playing on critical. Which <laughs> the hardest mode. The hardest mode, which means I do half the damage and enemies do double the damage. And I got four hours in. I'm at the first fight with Brag, and it's just hard. So I may <laughs> go back and restart and do it on proud and get that to that point and just yeah. forget critical for now. I played that. Um, I played some of the first Crash Bandicoot remaster they did nice. recently on the PS4, and that looks beautiful. Like, holy cow. They do a good job with their remasterings, that Sony. Like, it was really good. And Vicarious Visions did that, and ideally that'll come out to Xbox later this year. Maybe even Switch, we'll see. And, I'd be surprised there, honestly. I mean, the Crash games were on Nintendo back in the day. Like Game Boy games. And the GameCube one and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Well, but, I'm thinking about the, the originals. Those were... Those are places exclusive back in the yeah. day, so I don't know. But it's re- it's really good. It's it's everyone's been saying it's hard, and I'm not to that point where it's super hard. Gotcha. So I don't know, but it, it's fun, and there's a way to play. Old gaming, it just was hard. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know it. And there's an added feature now where you can play as Crash's sister in every no way. level. I can't remember her name. Coco, I think. The blonde one. Uh huh. Yeah. And she plays exactly the same. Just she's holding a book the whole time. Oh. And then, like, your death animations are funny, you know. When she dies, her shoes fly up out of a pit. <laughs> when Crash dies, you know, his his shoes fly, or, like, he'll get zapped and stuff. It just, it's a very Saturday morning cartoony kind of game. Nice. And it looks really cool now. Yeah, I remember playing Crash Bandicoot back in the day. It was awesome. My favorite Crash game was Crash Team Racing. <laughs> I Everyone loved loves that, that. And with how good Crash did now, I wonder yeah. if we'll get a remaster of that or a remake of that. Or at least, I mean... I don't need remakes if I want to play these games. I'll just go play them. I just want a new game. I think if they were to make a new Crash Bandicoot, if Naughty Dog was to helm that one, which I, I doubt they would. I doubt it, but... But if they were, I think they'd do a good job. CTR 2017. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Anything else you've been playing? I downloaded Tembo the Badass Elephant. Nice. That Game Freak game that's kind of like a Sonic game. <laughs> it's fun. It's odd. I like it. It's kind of, again, Saturday morning cartoony where you're this elephant in war paint taking out this evil organization as you're Saving people from telephone Right, you collect pedestrians and put them on your back as you go. It's fun. Your lives are peanut butter. (laughs) Man, say that sentence again. Your lives are peanut butter. (laughs) Like, it's a fun game. It's a silly little independent project. Obviously a passion project by Game Freak, and it's fun. Good for them. That's good. That's really all I've been playing. Yeah. I uh, I'm playing a lot of Splatoon. Level 19 now. That's good. Yeah, it's fun stuff. 
you know, it's Splatoon. <laughs> it's Splatoon. What more can you say? You shoot things with ink. Yeah. Or paint or whatever it is. Yeah, it's ink. They're squids. <laughs> um, I was playing some uh, Super Mario 3D Land earlier today. Only got three worlds left. I love that game. That's a good game. It's a great one. Very tight, concise level mm-hmm. design. Um, I don't know. Playing playing some Pokemon Platinum. That's a good game, too. Yeah. I only play good games, Scott. No, I don't. I play bad games sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, I, I haven't found anything that's really sticking yet. Because you started playing Birth by Sleep because, you know, it came out seven years ago. That's right. Uh, I started playing it again, but I'm only about an hour into Tara's story, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I really don't have much to say about what games I'm playing now. I did play the first level of Knack Two. Oh yeah, because you got it for free. I did to that weird Sony glitch. Yeah, <laughs> it was free in like Australia, so I downloaded it. Because you know we're totally in Australia. That's right. Can't you tell by our accent? Good day, mate. No. You had to go there. I did. <laughs> but no, I, like, I played a little bit of Knack 1, and it was fine. It was a launch title. It didn't really grab me. And Knack 2 doesn't really grab me either, but I can tell it's a better game. Cool. It's more tight, and like it feels more fluid. It's a beat-em-up kind of platformer thing, and gotcha. it's fun. But that didn't grab me, and I probably will go back and finish Knack 1 just to know whatever dinky story the series has, and then I'll play right. Knack 2. So. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I wish you luck. Thank you. I think that's all we've got. Anything else you want to say? No, uh, I think that's it. Okay, well, be sure to check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play. I always forget that one. And then we have a Twitter now, at LR Start Select. Soft reset, click. And thanks for listening. Catch you next week.